0: Hey what's up everybody it's your favorite quarterback hater Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the
1: for the culture
0: podcast
1: this is the for the culture podcast I'm your host Luke Diamond with my man Jason Spears before we get into the super wild card weekend Game preview between the Colts and the Bills. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, AppleRadio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Wildcard Weekend, or Super Wildcard Weekend, as they're now calling it, three games on the slate Saturday, three games again on Sunday, six games in this mega super wildcard weekend which will be the first of many now as we go forward after 30 years of a 12 team format six and six it'll now be a 14 team format with seven and seven the Colts very fortunate that this is the year out of all years even though 29 out of the last 30 years 11 and five gets you in this would have been the year we would have been on the outside looking in like the 2008 New England Patriots but very very fortunately for a team that complains and we complain a lot about the refs, about the schedules, about Thursday night football, about all this crap. Well, here we are, the first ever 7 seed in the AFC, Chicago Bears first ever 7 seed in the NFC, and I think over time you'll see a lot more Bear 7 seeds at 8 and 8 then 11 and 5. This was a pretty historic race in the AFC and then the poor Miami Dolphins on the outside looking in at 10 and 6, but thank God they fell to 10 and 6. Losing last week to the Buffalo Bills, the Bills kind of let us into the playoffs. We still had to take care of business at 425 against the Jaguars, but the Bills win that game, they let us into the playoffs. Welcome to Buffalo. Colt's now on our way to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills and hopefully making them regret that they didn't pull guys last week and lose to the Dolphins because had they have done so, we and they did pull guys, but they were up big and then the backups came in and Mac Barkley was throwing the ball downfield and they ended up winning big. But had they not have won that game last week, we would have been 11-5 watching from home and the Dolphins or the Browns, I think the Browns would be right now going to Buffalo. So, i'm pumped up jason this is what it's all about we waited two years haven't been to the playoffs since 2018 with andrew luck now we're back with philip rivers and a bunch of these new players like DeForest buckner and all these guys so i'm really really pumped up to get back into the postseason to have not only 17 weeks of meaningful football leading up to it but now actually having a playoff game the first one we're kicking off the weekend one o'clock on saturday all eyes on us for a team that only had one primetime game all year We're on national TV, obviously, a playoff game, and the entire country will get to see the Colts take on the scorching hot Buffalo Bills, who might be the best team in the league when you look at the last month of the regular season. The offense, the D, I mean, they're just playing out of their minds right now with an MVP caliber quarterback. I don't think he'll win it, but an MVP caliber quarterback in Josh Allen. The offense, I think 47 points per game the last three or four weeks on a six-game winning streak. And then if they don't lose on that Hail Mary against the Cardinals, they'd be on a 10-game winning streak to close out the season. So a very talented, well-coached Buffalo Bills team. Colts-Bills wild card weekend kicking off the weekend at 1 o'clock on Saturday.
0: This is what it's all about, man. We play all year for this, and, and I'm, I mean, I like the position we're in. It's not the greatest position when you look at the numbers being a seven seed, but literally, and I mean literally, nobody is picking the Colts to win this game. And that's that's my favorite spot for, for a team to be in, when no one thinks they have a chance. The only people that think they can win in this game are Colt fans and the guys in that locker room. So I, I love the position. I mean, no one thinks we can win. I'll be honest, I can see why a lot of people think that because Buffalo is absolutely playing great football hottest team in the league. They're an outstanding football team as I studied them and went over them this week they're they're There are very few weak spots on this team, so it is going to be an uphill battle for the colts but hey that's why that's why they play the games, man, you go out there you you, you just go play, so I'm excited I'm pumped up this is this is what we're here for this is why we you know, this is why we do the show. This is why we watch the games for this time of year to be in this position. And so, hey, man, let's kick it off. Let's go play.
1: Yeah, let's go play. And let's start off with the Buffalo Bills offense, talented offense, high-scoring offense, 47 points per game the last three weeks, which is just out of this world. And the Bills come into this game at 13-3. and So they're the two-seed, Where the seven-seed, the first year where the two-seed doesn't have that first-round bye. I'm not a big fan of the format. But we're in the playoffs, so I'm not going to complain about that. I do think two seeds deserve a bye, but this is the way the NFL decided to go about it. So you have the 13-3 Buffalo Bills hosting, obviously, the 11-5 Indianapolis Colts. And the Bills offense, 31.3 points per game. That's second in the National Football League. And like I said, over 40 points per game, 47 the last three weeks. So they're a high-flying, high-scoring, high-powered offense. 22 turnovers they've allowed 27 sacks and they're led by mvp caliber quarterback he won't get it it's going to go to Rodgers, but he definitely put up mvp caliber numbers and definitely deserves to be in the discussion and that is josh allen third year quarterback out of wyoming you go back just two years to his rookie season in 2018 he was in that darius leonard quentin nelson draft class didn't have the greatest rookie season i think he was five and six as a starter so a game under 500 through 10 touchdowns to 12 picks and here we are just two years later in his third season 4544 yards breaking and setting the new all-time single season passing yard record for the Buffalo Bills in franchise history, as well as touchdown passes with 37, completing 69% of his passes, throwing 10 picks, and then he's equally, or not equally, but he's also extremely dangerous with his legs. He might not have the Lamar Jackson mobility, but he has a big frame with 421 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns, so he could do it in the air, he could do it on the ground, and he's kind of built like Andrew Luck. He's got that big frame, so it's not easy to get him to the ground. a tremendous player having a tremendous season leading this Buffalo Bills offense into wildcard weekend
0: no question he's an outstanding football player and uh he's just gotten better every year and he and he leads this offense and it's an electric offense i mean they can do it all they can run they can throw they can catch and run they can throw it deep i mean whatever you want they can do it and it's led by like you said josh allen who i mean he's just been outstanding he's fun to watch uh as a as, as just a football fan he's a fun guy to watch play he can run uh, like you said, he gets in the end zone, running the ball, eight touchdowns, which is insane for somebody that's thrown 37 touchdowns. But, yeah, their offense is 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 really talented. You start with Allen, then you move to the running back core. You've got Devin Singletary, 481 yards rushing, 4.4 yards per carry, a couple of touchdowns. And then he's a threat out of the backfield, too, 38 receptions for 269 yards. He and Zach Moss split carries. Zach Moss actually has more touchdowns. But Devin Singletary starts and has more; he has the most rushing yards and is more of a threat out of the backfield, and just generally an overall a more more of a threat out of the backfield for the Bills. And then you go to the wide receivers, and I mean, what can you say about Stephon Diggs? He's been probably the biggest pickup by far this year for any team: 127 receptions, 1,535 yards. 12.1 yards per catch, eight touchdowns. I mean, he's he's outstanding. I remember I wanted the Colts to draft him the year we took Philip Dorsett. He's he's out of Maryland. He's, he's been an outstanding player since he's been in the league, and he's gotten even better since he went to Buffalo. Now that he's got a more consistent quarterback, you got to know where he is at all times. You have to know where he is at all times. He's a game wrecker, as Chuck would say, and uh, we're going to have to really know where he is because he can catch a five-yard slant and take it 80 yards, or he can beat you deep down the field on a, on a nine route. So, you, you know, their offense really, that, that connection, the Allen, the Diggs connection, is is has been what's really kind of elevated them to an elite offense. Then you throw slot receiver Cole Beasley in there who's been out. He is going to come back, and I would ex- expect him to play this week. 82 receptions, 967 yards, 11.8 yards per catch, and four touchdowns. So Kenny Moore's got a, got a tough matchup. Beasley's one of the top slot receivers in the game and uh he's uh he's going to be tough to stop and their offense is just all around just solid they've got moss as i mentioned as their backup running back who gets a lot of touches and you've got gabriel davis john brown isaiah mckenzie and andre roberts as as their wide receiver core so Stephon Diggs, beasley plus all those guys i mean that's an insane core of receivers they're all very fast they can all make plays and then you got got tight end Dawson Knox, who's a young guy out of Ole Miss, who has made some plays for them. So they've got players all over the field. The Colts defense is definitely – this is definitely, to me, the, the toughest matchup of the year for the Colts defense, and they're going to have to bring it, or they'll get embarrassed. I mean, let's just be honest. They have to come play their game. This is going to be a tough matchup, and, and you know they're not going to hold this team to, to seven or ten points. This is going to be a game where if they can hold them under 30 points – you know, I, I think I would be I would take that because that's how explosive this offense is. There's just so many good players all over the field. And it begins with Josh Allen.
1: Yes, it does. And let's get into our keys to the game for the Colts defense as we go up against this high powered offense. And we're gonna do five keys to the game. Because the playoff game, and even though it feels like the Colts have played probably eight consecutive playoff games, the second half of the season, especially coming off the bye, every game was so important. Every game was a must win. And people thought we were overreacting when we said week 13 is a must win, week 14 is a must win. Well, when you look at the season, the way it played out, we needed everyone we got to get into the playoffs. So we're doing five keys to the game on both sides of the ball. Starting off with our five keys for the Colts' defense. Key number one, force turnovers. Gang tackle, multiple hats on the ball carrier, create a couple turnovers, and try to get the ball back to the offense. The Bills feed off turnovers themselves, so we're going to have to protect the ball when we have it, but then we're also going to have to force a couple turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Starting off our keys to the game, key number one, force turnovers.
0: Definitely. I don't see any way that we're in this game if we don't force any turnovers. This is a game where we're going to have to make plays on defense when the opportunities are there for picks or fumble recoveries. The Colts are going to have to make those plays because this is an, this is an elite team. This, this Buffalo team is a Super Bowl caliber team. There's not a lot of weaknesses. So when the opportunities are there, the Colts are going to have to make sure they make those plays. So absolutely huge key in this game is forcing turnovers.
1: Key number two, no big plays. Do not get beat deep. Down the field. We all had our eyeballs glued to the screen last week when they played the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins have a pretty damn good defense. They have Xavier Howard, who, in my opinion, should be a top three defensive player of the year candidate. He had double digit interceptions this year. And they were attacking downfield relentlessly, big play after big play after big play. And we loved it because it got us into the playoffs. We're not going to like it so much if it happens again this week. And then just to show the depth of this roster, especially the receiving core. Matt Barkley came into the game and they continued against Miami starters, albeit they kind of gave up on the game, continuously attacking downfield. Can't let that happen this week. Rock will be out for the Colts. No Rock in. So TJ Carey, obviously, and Xavier Rhodes, you're going to have to prevent big plays, limit big plays, no big plays in Wild Card Weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and we're getting Kari Willis back this week, which is huge for this defense. Huge. I've stated this a million times, but he's, he's one of the more underrated players on our defense. I think we'll see a much better performance out of our defense deep, as far as deep balls go. I hope and I pray that we can keep everything in front of us in this game because that's a huge part of their offense, the deep ball. So, obviously, not getting beat over the top is key. So, Blackman and Willis have to play big in this game. They've got to make sure they keep everything in front of them. And if they do that, if we can prevent big plays, I I like our chances a lot more than I do if we give up big plays. So definitely a key to the game, no big plays.
1: Yep, and if you do key number two, it's going to help force turnovers, which is key number one. Make them dink and dunk. Make them play small ball because they really haven't done it. And Allen is prone to turnovers, and this offense is prone to turnovers if you make them go – the long route in terms of a 15 play drive don't let them hit those home runs because if you let them hit those home runs they will take advantage as we've seen throughout the course of the season especially last week when we all had our bills hats and allen jerseys on watching and rooting for the buffalo bills against the dolphins to let us into the dance this weekend ironically in buffalo against the bills key number three play fundamentally sound tackle well no penalties etc. So no dumb penalties. Don't beat yourselves. Play fundamentally sound. Game tackle. Tackle well, etc., etc., etc.
0: This is something that we haven't really talked a lot about, you know, as far as keys for our defense when we talk about our keys to the game week to week. But it's something when you play an explosive offense that you absolutely have to do. You have to play fundamentally sound, play your technique, get your head back on deep balls. You know, you don't want Pass interference plays or or you know when when you get them in third down, you got to get them off the field, which is ironically our fourth fourth key to the game, but what I mean is you can't get penalties and get things that extend drives against a team like this because they'll take advantage of it all day. they will absolutely take advantage of it, so you've got to be locked in, know your keys, play fundamentally sound, tackle well, wrap up, don't be make stupid plays, no late hits out of bounds, no hitting the quarterback late, no you know just play fundamentally sound play Colts football. And, and just do what you need to do. Be focused and, and just come out and play 60 minutes as hard as you possibly can of fundamentally sound football and try to limit mistakes, mental mistakes, all those type of things. And, and you know, that that's important in this type of game. You just can't give an inch. They'll take a mile.
1: Key number four, get off the field on third down. If you can't force turnovers, you have to get the ball back to the offense. You have to just limit drives. And make them end drives in either kicks, punts, turnovers, and getting the ball back to the offense. Get off the field on third down.
0: No question. And part of that is it goes back to the, the fundamentally sound key that we te- that we talked about earlier and that's that's i mean you just you have to play your fundamentals and that'll lead to getting off the field on third downs if you get your head around on long passes or if you're able to you know read the quarterback and knock a pass down or just come up in in the in the open field to make a tackle those are the things you have to do on on third downs and get teams off the field so uh especially a team like this so yeah no penalties No missed tackles, you know, do the things you got to do on third down to make sure you can get them off the field and get the ball back to our offense. Because honestly, that's the biggest key in this game probably is possession for, for our offense. So, you know, get off the field on third down and get it back to our offense as quick as possible.
1: And key number five, pressure, 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 put pressure on Josh Allen. He is prone to turning the ball over. Hasn't done it a lot this year, but throughout the course of his career. Plus, you're looking at a quarterback and really a team and an offense and a coach that doesn't have a lot of postseason experience. They made it to the playoffs last year, so they had a taste One and done in the first round, losing to the Texans. And if you remember back to that game, it was a sloppy game. It was weird. Allen did a couple things that were just mind-numbingly stupid. And if you put pressure on him, young quarterback, big stage, second-ever playoff game, hasn't won a playoff game yet, and that's not a knock on him, a young player, third year, second postseason, same thing with the coach. So if you put pressure on the quarterback, there's a good chance that you could have key number 1 with a forced turnover you could have key number 3 getting off the field you could eliminate key number 2 giving up big plays so key number 5 pressure 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 could really bring those other four keys together and help this defense have a big day on the road in buffalo
0: yeah I, this is always a key and i expect this week Flus is going to do something that we haven't seen him do which is bring more blitzes from different places and and there's a there's a you know there's a thin line between doing that too much too much blitzing and, and you know relying on your front four too much there's a very thin line he's going to try to find that sweet spot I think with the blitz because Allen has struggled versus the blitz this year he's, he he hasn't been as good uh, and he's turned the ball over you know a little bit you know when he's been pressured with with the blitz so i would expect Flus to to try some different things that maybe we haven't seen but we also have to be able to get there with our front four as well because he's not going to blitz every down you just can't do it in this league eventually you're going to get you're going to get ripped or burnt so you just you, you he's going to have to mix it up and so our front four is going to have to come to play Houston's going to have to step up bucks going to have to play you know like he always does stuart terrey all those guys all the all the rotational guys really are going to have to play their best games this week as far as just getting pressure on Allen and then Fleuce is going to have to dial up some exotic stuff i think maybe some different things that we haven't seen from our defense this year to to get pressure on on Allen but yeah it you know everything begins and ends honestly when we talk about defense with being able to get to the quarterback especially when you're playing an offense that's really built on the arm of Josh Allen so absolutely pressure is probably the biggest key because it leads to all the other keys we talked about, like you said, Lou.
1: And now let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills, offensive side of the ball for the Indianapolis Colts. The Bills' defense comes in allowing 23.4 points per game, which is 16th in the National Football League, so right there in the middle of the pack. They have forced 26 turnovers. So they've turned the ball over 22 times, and they have forced 26 turnovers, so they're only plus 4 in the turnover differential margin which is pretty pretty low for a 13 and 3 team when you think 13 and 3 I think I don't know a bare minimum of plus 12 plus 13 14 in the turnover department but they're only plus four forcing 26 turnovers and they have 38 sacks On the season, led by middle linebacker Tremaine Edmonds with 119 tackles, four tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and two sacks.
0: Yeah, he's an outstanding young player. He's only 22 years old, so he's... He's really one of the better players on defense, and and I'll be honest, I didn't expect their defense to be that great. But when I went back and watched it, it's a lot better than I thought, and they've got really they've really got solid players all over the field. Uh, You go to their secondary might be the best we're going to play against. You look at uh, strong safety Jordan Poyer, 124 tackles, four tackles for loss. Four quarterback hits, two sacks, two forced fumbles, two interceptions. So he's a playmaker. Cornerback Tradavius White, who I loved at LSU, would have loved to get him in Indy. Best, one of the best corners in the game. 57 tackles, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, one forced fumble, three interceptions, and 11 passes defended. And then an old friend uh, who we never really gave a chance in Indianapolis, uh, defensive end Jerry Hughes, 29 tackles, four tackles for loss. 11 quarterback hits, four and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, one interception. And then a couple of notable guys, free safety Micah Hyde, defensive tackle Ed Oliver, who came out of Houston a couple years ago, was a top-ten pick, very stout in the middle for them, outside linebacker A.J. Klein, Another old friend, defensive end Mario Addison, who leads them in sacks, actually, with five, and then quarterback Teron Johnson. So I'll tell you what, Luke. They're not a very well-known defense, and a lot of people don't talk about them. But I'll tell you this: they when they they play sound football, they don't give up a lot of big plays. They're they're you know their secondary is as good as it gets as far as Poyer, Hyde, Johnson, and then Tredavious White. So we've got our we've got our work cut out for us. I, I mean their sack totals; they've got thirty-eight sacks. And there's not one guy that you could say, oh, that you got to block this guy. I mean, you look at Jerry Hughes as maybe that guy, but he's only got four and a half sacks, and 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 you know Addison has five. And there's so many guys with sacks on this team. I mean, they they, they get them from everywhere, from from corners, from safeties, from from their line, from their linebackers. So they they've got guys all over the field maybe you haven't heard of but they make plays so i think their defense is underrated i mean their stats when you just look at them aren't sexy but they are pretty they are a very well disciplined team they don't make a lot of mistakes they will make you beat them. And so the Colts are gonna to have to be prepared to do just that because they're not gonna make a lot of mistakes. They got a lot of vets on defense, built in with some young players that are exceptional talents, like Luke mentioned, Tremaine Edmonds is just outstanding at twenty two. Unbelievable player. So and then tredavius White who who I mentioned, both of those guys are pole bowl players and and so our work is cut out for us. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup for our offense.
1: Yeah, and you said it perfectly off air, Jason. When you look at these stat lines defensively, nobody wows you. It's not like the offensive side of the ball when you see Diggs' numbers and a couple guys really jump off the page. Defensively, they're spread out. So you have two picks, three picks, one pick, two picks. And you look at the sacks, you have two sacks, three sacks, four and a half sacks, five sacks, three sacks, four sacks. So it's just very spread out which sometimes is more dangerous because you can't just key in on this guy. Okay, let's just take this one guy out of the game and the defense falls apart. Like, let's scheme J.J. Watt out of the game and the Texans' defense is awful. They don't have that because it's more spread out where you have this guy, that guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, and they're all, I don't want to say equal, but... They could beat you in so many different ways because they have so many guys with similar levels of talent and productivity when you look at this 16-game sample size of the regular season as we get into the Colts. Five keys to the game for the Colts offense. Key number one, dominate time of possession, which goes into ball security, holding on to the ball, moving the chains, not turning the ball over, defensively getting the ball back to the offense, taking care of the rock, and just dominating time of possession, that's a huge key to this game, and key number one to me,
0: one of the biggest keys of this game because when you dominate the time of possession and you can you're able to run the ball and you're able to keep the the biggest thing is just keeping that offense off the field and limiting their their offensive possessions. That's really it's what it's what teams used to do with when we had Peyton. The only chance teams knew they had to win the game, whether it was New England, when we played in the playoffs or Jacksonville, when we played in the division was they had to keep Manning off the field by running the ball, either that or short yardage passing. And that's what we're going to have to do in this game. We're going to have to keep Josh Allen off the field. I look at the game plan we had last year versus Kansas City. It's got to be something similar to that because you cannot allow – I mean, you just can't allow them to have extra – I mean, we'll get into the turnovers, but you've just got to minimize the amount of possessions that an elite offense like this – and it is an elite offense. There's no question about that – has in a game. So – We absolutely have to dominate the time of possession in this game.
1: Key number two, score touchdowns. Don't settle for field goals. I think back. Every time we have this key to the game, I think back to week four against the Chicago Bears where we had a key to the game, kick field goals. Just end possessions in points. If you kick field goals, you could beat the Bears because – and the Bears actually turned it on later in the season. But – When you look at that Bears team, you see a team that's not gonna put up a lot of points. And we knew that it would be a more low scoring game. And then in a game like this, you look at this Bills offense and you look at the points they've put in up in the last three games. I mean, they've put in some insane numbers on the board and we could have a great defensive day, We could force turnovers. We could get them off the field. We could do all the keys to the game. They're still going to score points because they just have too much talent. It's like when you go up against LeBron James. Nobody in the league could shut LeBron James down. You just have to contain him. It's the same thing when you play Mahomes and the Chiefs. And right now, I don't want to put this Bills team and Josh Allen in that category yet. But when you just look at the hot streak they're on and really the year they've had. They've had a great year. They're averaging over 30 points per game throughout the course of the season, the whole 16-game season, and then what they've done the last three weeks has just been historic. But they're going to put up points. So you could have a good game defensively. They're going to put up points. And that means we're going to have to score points if we want to win this game. So key number two, score touchdowns. Don't settle for field goals.
0: Yeah, this is pretty cut and dry. You you covered it, Luke. I mean, at the end of the day, when you play an offense like this, and that's a great point about the Bears game, that they weren't going to score a lot of points, so field goals were fine in that game. Field goals are not fine in this game because no matter what, the Bills are going to score points, and they're going to score touchdowns. So to ask our defense to hold them to nothing but field goals would be insane. So when we get in the red zone, and it's been an issue for us off and on all year, but when we get in the red zone in this game to have any chance to win, we've got to come away with touchdowns. If we start kicking field goals and let me tell you some kicking field goals in Buffalo, as long as I've been watching football, is, is not guaranteed. I don't care where it's from. It could be 35 yards, 45 yards. They're not guaranteed in that stadium. The wind swirls. You never know. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo's young
1: and he's coming uh, off a you, game with two misses.
0: Exa- exactly. It's, it's not a great recipe even just kicking field goals in general in that stadium and i've watched football for at Rich stadium for since you know i was since 1983 and i it's just not it's not an easy place to kick it's kind of like pittsburgh so just getting in the end zone you know red zone find a way to get in the end zone and that's and that's why these are these are keys to the game because if we don't do these things we're not going to win
1: yep Key number three, stick with the run, run the damn ball. Last week, 253 yards on 30 carries for Jonathan Taylor, a pair of rushing touchdowns, one of the great rushing performances, probably the greatest rushing performance single game in Indianapolis Colts franchise history, and you're talking about a franchise that's had just in the Indianapolis era alone Edrin James, who's in the Hall of Fame. Marshall Folk, who's in the Hall of Fame. Eric Dickerson, who's in the Hall of Fame. You have three top, I would say, 15 running backs of all time that have put on the blue and white. Nobody's ever run for 250 yards in a single game. Jonathan Taylor did that last week as a rookie, and that's behind this tremendous offensive line. And we've had times this year where we said, if you just ran the ball, you win this game. Pittsburgh, second half, if you just ran the ball, oh, they loaded the box, they brought up an eighth man. It doesn't matter. Make them stop it. And this is a game, key number one is controlling the clock. Key number three will help key number one tremendously. If you go run the ball, milk the clock, dominate time and possession and you got one of the best backs and we were critical of him early on and he deserved it. He has come a long way. Jonathan Taylor weeks 1 through 10 and Jonathan Taylor weeks 11 through 17 are two different players. If you took off the number and you took off the name off the back of the jersey, you would say, "Who's this new running back the Colts got week 11?" cuz Jonathan Taylor is a whole new player and he is fun to watch and we're going to have to ride him to a victory this week. Key number three, run the damn ball.
0: Yeah, and the crazy thing is, I actually think we're actually a better better equipped to run the, the ball with Valdir in the game than Costanzo. Because if you go back and look at what Valdir did in the last game, and a granite. It was against the Jags. We have to say everything with that caveat, but he absolutely just destroyed people in that game. So I I like our offensive line. I like the way they're playing going in this game and you couldn't be coming into a game any hotter than Jonathan Taylor is. I mean, the games he's played the way he's looked the last six weeks or so, man, he's been, he's been to me the second best running back back in the league. And if, You know, you look at the lack of fumbles and all that. I mean, he might be the best. I mean, people would argue Derrick Henry, and that's a legit argument. But Derrick Henry's put the ball on the ground a couple times. Jonathan Taylor hasn't. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the key to the game, bottom line. If he runs the ball for over hundred and twenty yards, we've got a really good chance to win and I, and I I just hope Reich doesn't go into this game with the mindset of, oh, if they bring an extra guy up, we're checking out and, and throwing because the strength of the bill's defense there's no bad players on it, and there's really no weakness on it, but the strength of it is absolutely their secondary and if they want it, and so they're probably going to bring an extra guy up. But you know what? You can still run the ball we've done it we've done it plenty of times with Marlon Mack. Done it with Taylor. You just have to have the mindset that it doesn't matter. We're gonna find a way. We're gonna we're we're so physical, we're gonna run it anyway. And so that is to me the key. Like the possession, the time of possession, that starts with Jonathan Taylor, that starts with running the ball, and that starts with patience. You have to remain patient. You can't if we get down this game 10-0, you can't just throw it every down. You you have to continue to run the ball because if you don't you're going to get blown out that you just cannot get into a shootout with this team. You cannot become one dimensional against this team and you cannot try to out throw a team with a young gunslinger like Josh Allen. You're not going to win. So the key to me, I mean, all these, like I said, all these are absolutely must do's if we're going to have a chance in this game, but this might be the biggest, because I think you do so many things by being able to run the ball. You're keeping Mm -hmm. the other team off the field. You're moving the chains. You're running the clock. You're, you, you know, hopefully able to get points off of that. So this, to me, might be the most important, other than no turnovers maybe. But, yeah, definitely stick with the run. Don't get impatient, right? Gets impatient. You can't in this game get impatient. Impatience will lead to a blowout. So stay patient. Use 28. Rely on 28. You know, 21's back there, too. You got Hines. You could use him, too. We'll talk about that in the next uh, in the next key. But, yes, it all starts with dominating the line of scrimmage and running the ball and staying patient with the run.
1: Key number four, utilize the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Last week, only three receptions for our three tight ends, and I think they were all the Jack Doyle, either two or three receptions for Jack Doyle, nothing for Burton, nothing for Moali cox cox is a huge mismatch problem one of the top athletic freaks of nature in this league when you look at the wingspan and the height at six seven and he has the biggest hands in the national football league he has Kawhi leonard size hands you have to utilize the tight ends and you have to utilize the backs out of the backfield in this matchup
0: a hundred percent. I've been, I've been saying this, this offense is so much better when we utilize our tight ends and in this game, it's going to be an extension of the run. I look at dump offs to the running backs as, and, and short passes to the tight ends as, as an extension of a run, really. And as long, you know, as long as you're able to do those things, it keeps the clock moving. Even if it's for minimal gains, like a three yard pass or a four yard pass, that's positive yardage. You keep the clock moving. You keep, you know, you keep everything going straight. You're not falling behind the sticks. So, Definitely, I mean, to me, that's got to be a huge part of what the Colts do because Tredavious White is going to lock down T.Y. Hilton. Uh, their secondary is going to do a good job with our with our wide receivers. It's not a great matchup for our, for our wide receivers. They've got a great secondary. So we're going to have to use our tight ends where, where the mismatches are, whether we go with two tight ends. I don't know what, what our game plan is going to be. I might actually do that, come out with with uh, Doyle and, and come out with Mo'Ally Cox. We'll see what they do. But whatever they do, they've got to get Hines the ball in space out of the backfield, Taylor the ball in space out of the backfield. And they've got to find a way to get Burton, Cox, and Doyle in the game, you know, as far as getting him into the flow of the game. You mentioned Doyle last week. He had their only three catches from the tight ends, the other two didn't even have a single catch. That can't happen in this game because, again, we're not going to be throwing bombs in this game. It's 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 going to be cold. It's going to be it's going to really be kind of a a twenty yard matchup. Twenty yards, you know, you're going to try to work the twenty yards. Maybe you throw some down the field a little bit, but it's going to be for us offensively. I think it's going to be you know like a twenty to twenty five yard game where that you're really really working that area. So if you work that area with tight ends that 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 short to intermediate route type combination out of the, out of this offense. I think can work against this team. It's the one place I think we have an advantage and I always like our tight ends and their matchups and I like their chances this week in this matchup. If you get them the ball, I think they can make plays against this defense. It's, I think our I think our tight end room's one of the best and mo- most underrated in the league. We just got to utilize those mm-hmm. players. So, this is the week for them to come out and make plays and I think the guys I think the guys will do that and I think that's going to be a big key of this game.
1: Yeah, and let's get creative too with the tight ends and running backs. We've had a couple good packages this year that I think we're like successful with we had the read option with Hines where he handed off to Taylor for the touchdown I would like to see that in this game and if you go back to last week we had those read option packages with Jacoby and he either read it wrong or whatever and we went three and out and we ended up punting three and out from when Jacoby came in the game we did have a couple first downs and we had momentum we were driving the ball on that drive and then we had the punt when we started running those reads with Jacoby, if you want to run those read options, obviously you can't do it with philip Rivers. I don't think you could do it or should do it with Jacoby Brissett. But if you want to use a play or a package with Naheem Hines and you want to use him as your Taysom Hill, for example, I would like to see that in this game because, and we talked about it last week, Hines probably played that role in high school. He looked comfortable with it, he made good reads, and we had a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Then also Trey Burton, I would love to see him more involved in the passing game. But earlier this season, we had a couple direct snap packages with him where he would take it, I think he had two rushing touchdowns earlier this year. He's yet to throw a pass. He was a quarterback at the University of Florida for the Gators. Could this be the week where he looks like he's going to tuck and run inside the five-yard line, and he throws to a wide-open Doyle or Moelle Cox in the back of the end zone? I think that's a possibility. We kind of set it up earlier this season. We've abandoned it, I don't know, the last eight, nine weeks. Could that package sneak back in to the playbook this weekend for Frank Reich? And could we see maybe a variation where we throw the ball with Burton in this game? Because to win a game like this, the whole world's picking against you. Sometimes you have to do out-of-the-ordinary things to catch a team sleeping, catch a team off guard. I think that is a possibility, and we'll see what Reich has up his sleeve Wild card weekend. And key number five. No turnovers. The Colts are 7-0 and when we don't turn over the football. We've won 11 games, which means we are 4-5 and when we have at least one turnover. We're 7-0 and when we don't turn over the football in games. And I know key number one is score touchdowns, don't kick field goals. But we are 7-0 and in games where the drive ends in either an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. If a drive ends in a kick, the Colts have not lost. This season, So, of course, you want touchdowns. But if drives end in kicks, the Colts will win this game, in my opinion. My belief is that because up until this point, I have no reason to believe otherwise. We are 7-0 when we don't turn over the football. Key number five, no turnovers and keep the pocket clean. Give Rivers a clean pocket. We saw last week a turnover occur when the pocket collapsed. He threw up a ball to the goal line and a lot of his turnovers this year have come due to pressure so clean pocket no turnovers the biggest key key number five
0: yeah for us the turnover issue really it, it only creeps up when we don't keep the pocket clean which is why i kind of added that as a part to this key because that's usually when we have problems when you're not you, you look back at at jacksonville week one we, we didn't keep the pocket clean you look back at cleveland we didn't keep the pocket clean i mean you look at pittsburgh we didn't keep the pocket so it's the games where he's played bad football, Rivers, he's, he's been hit a lot. And so we absolutely have to keep the pocket clean. If you do that, there's a much better and a much higher percentage chance that we're not going to turn the ball over. He's, he's really been pretty good this year. I mean, what, 11 interceptions and one fumble? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So if you keep the pocket clean, he won't turn the ball over. That's just, you just got to make sure you, know, you do the things that we've listed. You know, you got to run the ball to keep them off balance, so they can't just pin their ears back. You know, you got to get touchdowns when you, you get back, You know, when you get in the red zone with a chance to score, so that you know we're not so far behind that they're pinning their ears back. I mean, it really comes down to us being able to stay in the game. If we stay in the game. The pocket you know we 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 can mix it up still enough so that they can't they can't just pin their ears back if we fall down this is a game if we fall behind twenty one nothing we're going to get blown off the field because we'll go uh, we'll go straight to just throwing every time and that's that is a recipe for a disaster in, in cold weather buffalo so the biggest key to this game is keeping him clean, no turnovers. We're 7-0, and like Luke said, and we don't turn the ball over. I don't think you can have a bigger key than that when we literally haven't lost a game when we haven't turned the ball over. So at the end of the day, all these other keys, the other nine that we've listed, five for the defense, the other four for the offense, if we don't turn the ball over on offense, our chances of winning are really good. We're 7-0 and when we haven't done it.
1: Yep, and you can't do better than undefeated. Turnovers are not only our kryptonite, but I think it's every NFL team's kryptonite. So don't turn over the football key number five. And let's get in to our card weekend for the culture predictions.
0: Yeah, I'll go first. Can the Colts run the ball consistently good? Can they? Can they make a couple stops on defense, get a few turnovers, and not turn the ball over on offense? I think it's too much to ask. I think they're going into a situation where it's 30 degrees, it's going to be tough to kick field goals. You've got so many uphill battles with this team just because they're so good offensively. and you, you, I mean, you really can't turn the ball over. You've got to be able to force turnovers. There's just so many things that we have to do to just be in this game. I just, th- I just think it's too much to ask. Do I think the Colts have a chance to win? Absolutely. If they can run the ball and they can get off the field on defense and they can really dominate time of possession, they've got a shot. But do I think it's going to happen? No. I like the Bills by 10.
1: I think 10 steep. I think the Colts cover this game. The line the last I saw, it might have changed, was 6.5. And and I think the Colts keep it within that number. I think the Colts keep it within 6 points. And I think they cover. I am going to pick the Bills in this game. I hope I'm wrong. And I definitely see a clear path to victory for the Colts. I think the Colts could definitely go out and win this game. And that's what I hope happens. That's what I pray happens. That's what I'll be rooting for. And I think there's a real good realistic chance just on the road at Buffalo, playing the way they're playing. When you look down the stretch, I know we finished out, what were we, maybe 3-1 and one down the stretch, 4-1 and one down the stretch. It just didn't feel as convincing to me as Buffalo 6-0 down the stretch. Their last loss came on a fluke Hail Mary against DeAndre Hopkins. If he drops that ball or gets knocked down or they sack Kyler Murray or Kyler Murray passes the line of scrimmage, you're looking at a 10-game winning streak for the Bills. And, of course, every streak is set to be broken and snapped. And six games in a row, six wins in a row going into the playoffs is a streak that could definitely be broken. I just look at the NFL right now, and I look at the Packers, and they've had some close games where I'm like, ah, I mean, they're a good team, and I could see them winning the NFC, but I think they're flawed. The Chiefs, as talented as they are, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, defending Super Bowl champions, all those weapons – Andy Reid, Hall of Fame head coach, they've looked like a flawed team in a lot of games. One possession games, close games, having the Falcons miss that field goal. It was a chip shot field goal to force overtime in Week 16. They just didn't play as convincing down the stretch. So I think Buffalo might right now be the hottest team in the National Football League the way they're playing. And unfortunately, we have to run into that buzzsaw in the first round. But that's what you get when you are the seventh seed if you beat pittsburgh well guess what we're division champs right now we're hosting a playoff game but we blew that game we got help from ironically this buffalo team and now we're going to go play them so i think that this is a huge test. And I'll also say this, if the Colts win this game, which I do think is a realistic possibility, I will pick the Colts against the Chiefs. I think we're going to go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs if we win this game. And I'm not just blowing smoke and making a prediction that I don't think I'm going to have to stick with next week because we're not going to win this game. I think if we win this game, which is realistic, we will go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. I did not like what I saw out of the Chiefs down the stretch right now. And I'm surprised Vegas doesn't have a little bit tighter I Right now, I kind of think Buffalo is the hottest team in the NFL and in the AFC, and right now they're pretty big dogs, and everybody has their money on Kansas City. But Kansas City, I definitely think, has more bigger, more obvious flaws, and I did not feel like that in the beginning of the year because Buffalo started off the year, whatever they were, 8-2, and two, whatever it was, and I didn't love them. Their plus-minus was very low. I think they were plus 12, and they were five or six games over five hundred. And I said, that is the sign of a team who's not as good as their record. But they've obviously flipped the script the last couple weeks. They've blown the doors off a couple teams. They put up 40 points, 50 points like it was nothing. So I'm taking the Bills. My heart, my everything will be with the Colts. I'll be rooting my ass off this weekend to extend the season another week, to go to Kansas City next week, to play the Chiefs, that's what we'll all be rooting for as Colts fans, but I got to take the Bills only because I really think we're going up against the hottest team this weekend. I would take the Colts against the Titans. I would take the Colts against the Ravens. I would, and I know the Ravens are playing good football too. I would take the Colts against anybody playing wildcard weekend this weekend, the Browns, the Steelers. I think we could beat any team. And I think we could beat, of course, the Bills. I just think we're playing the hottest team. You could argue the Packers, the Chiefs, at least, Playing this weekend, no team in the league playing this weekend is playing as good as the Buffalo Bills. And lucky us, we get to play them. But again, they helped (laughs) us get into the playoffs. So you have to also thank the Bills at the same time. So it was funny how last week we went from go Bills to F you, F the Bills. We're going to Buffalo and we're going to play. We're going to have a war next weekend. So. That's my prediction. I'm taking the Bills, but I think it'll be a lot closer than 10 points. I'm going to go Bills by three points.
0: Yeah, I think you know the one thing I will say, and you're we you know we're not this isn't a Kansas City podcast. One thing I will say is if Kansas City had two teams, they if you asked them privately, two teams they didn't want to play. Th- these are two of them. Yep. Because and they're and they're probably happy as heck that we're playing each other. So that means they're not going to have to play one of us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? One of us is going to be out of the playoffs. And you're right, Luke. Going in, I'm Listen, I'm all about it. I would love to win this game and go into Kansas City. Them coming off a bye. You remember how many times we
1: came off bys with Peyton? Yeah, and, and it's kind we of two bys because they rested Mahomes last week. So yeah. you could get we, a we, And he we didn't used, look great down the street. Like he didn't look great. They, as an offense, they didn't look great week 16 against the Falcons. It's a terrible Falcons right. team that they almost lost to or at least went to overtime we, with almost.
0: And we used to do the same thing. We would rest guys in the last game, and then we'd get a bye, and then we'd come out and be flat for a half. You can't do that in the playoffs. So, I think Kansas City. If if we go to Kansas City next week, we have a shot. I really believe that because I think they're I, like you said. They haven't been playing well. The bye can be overrated sometimes, especially when you're when you're getting a team that's coming off a huge win, going into a place where they haven't played, and we have just come off a huge win. So, but back to the Bills game. I think there, like Luke said, there is a path to a win here. I'm not saying the Colts have no chance. My my the way that the my reason for thinking the way I do is just it seems like so many things have to go right for us to win this game, whereas only a few have to go right for them to win the game, and that's really why I'm picking them. And also, I'm just not. I, I, Reich has to coach his best game. I'm not sold on Reich coaching a good game in this game. He's got to show me something. He's got to coach the best game of his career in his old home. He needs to go in there, have every. I mean, throw like Luke said, you know, the Burton play. Just throw everything at him. Throw yep. everything you got in the playbook at him because there is no tomorrow. He's got to coach his best game. fluce has got to we, – we've got to get our defense to play their best game whatever that is and we've just you know we've just got to get our best game from our coaches from our players and if that happens we absolutely can win this game I just think it's too much to ask
1: yep I will say this Frank Reich has overcome greater obstacles in the playoffs in Buffalo than going there as a coach and winning this game That's in true. his career coming that back from what was it 28 points 30 points. Tw- 30
0: 32 points it was 35-3 in the third quarter buddy
1: 32 points in the second
0: half oh Luke before we close out the pod and I know we're wrapping it up and it's been super long because it's been a playoff one and these are more more fun to do because we're actually you know we're legitimately playing to take the next step to go to the Super Bowl I wanted to mention something Antoine Buffet officially retired today I mean I think it was a foregone conclusion but I, he put out a tweet. I, I just want to say this. He was one of the mo- more fun guys to watch play. One of the most durable guys that that, w- that I ever saw play. Always in the right spot. Never heard a peep out of him. Great team player. Absolutely underrated criminally by, by the outside people. Not people in Indianapolis, but people outside of Indianapolis. Uh, just a great player for a long period of time. Kind of the anti-Bob Sanders. Like, Bob was great for a really short period of time. I think... Swan wasn't nearly as good as he was, but he was good for a longer period of time than Bob was great. And so I think his career should be celebrated by Colt fans. He's one of the best safeties we've ever had in Indianapolis. He's definitely, I think he would be on my all Indianapolis Colts team right next to Bob Sanders. So I just want to take the time to congratulate number 41 who really should have never left Indianapolis for some reason Grigson chose a walking steroid who had no real ties to this team and extended him over a lifer like Antoine Bethea. I'll I'll never forgive him for that. And and about 5,000 other things, but I thought Twan should have finished his career as a Colt, but it wasn't meant to be went and continued his career and was outstanding and played, I think in San Francisco and New York and, and some other places. So he really, uh, in arizona so he was he was a really solid nfl player thought we should recognize him before we signed off he was i mean his best years were in indianapolis great player out of a historic black college didn't have anything given to him six round pick worked his ass off became a starter and one of our best players so i just want to say cheers to antoine but on a great career uh i see you doing your thing with uh with darius butler now on the the cornerback podcast which is really really good podcast um to watch so i can see you're already into your career after football but as far as what you did on the field man you're one of the greats and you're really fun to watch and uh hopefully you'll enjoy your retirement brother
1: yep and then of course ryan grigson goes and gets lauren landry instead of re-signing and bringing back antoine bethe he goes to san fran and he was a pro bowl over there he played really good football he played for a couple teams after that arizona new york and a great colt and one of the most underrated you just said criminally underrated and it's funny because we've talked about that and then when we had Robert Mathis on the podcast I asked him who was the most underrated guy you played with and he said Antoine Bethea he said it in like half a heartbeat didn't even need to think about it so underrated and he's a three-time pro bowler so he did eventually get some recognition but When we talk 06, we talk Super Bowl team, 2000 Colts. He was a huge part of that team, and people will obviously name the main guys, the Hall of Famers, Manning, Marvin, Reggie, Freeney, Mathis, Edge, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl with us. But people always forget about Antoine Bethea, and he was probably a top 10 Colt of that decade top 12 colt without a doubt of that decade and then yep. on the colt all-time team if you were to do an all-22 he's most likely starting at safety next to bob sanders so great player great colt and he's a guy who could definitely be a candidate for the colt's ring of honor one day and we'll see about that in the near future because he was a really really solid colt great guy on and off the field antoine Bethe does that show with darius butler and i would love to have him on this show sometime to run it back and go down memory lane, which is always fun to do with the former and the all time great Indianapolis Colts. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Big game this weekend. Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. Six games, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. We have the first one on Saturday, one o'clock Colts Bills in Buffalo, a place Frank Reich knows pretty well, and he knows pretty well in the month of January. Hopefully, we don't have to come back. From a 32-point deficit at any point in this game, but it should be a fun one this weekend. And doesn't need to be said, we said it the last eight weeks or so. Must-win game. Well, this is a playoff game. You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. Obviously, a must-win game for the Indianapolis Colts, wildcard weekend in Buffalo. We'll be back on Saturday night to wrap it up right here on the For the Culture Podcast.